talking about chicken a la king. Mango and garbanzo tabbouleh. Real potatoes and vegetables with roasted garlic and basil. Zucchini ziti. Granola fruit bar. Look at all this beautiful food. Guys, welcome to Green Eggs and Dan, where I interview amazing people with amazing minds, but all I care about is what is in their fridge. My guest today, we have an amazing comedian, probably my favorite comedian to see live. Yeah, there, I said it. He was an actor on Mad TV, Adam Devine's house party, and Argo. <laughs> Please welcome Amir K. I'm sorry, I had to leave the Argo thing in because it, like, I was looking over your credits and I was like, man, there's always that one credit that just <laughs> fucking follows you everywhere you go. Dana dude, ladies and gentlemen. Dana dude, ladies and gentlemen. You know what's so funny about the Argo thing? I, this hat that I'm wearing. Yeah. If you look at oh closely, my God. it's it an Argo, Argo. Yeah. And what's so funny is I didn't get it at any rap party or anything like that, dude. I was at some store um, in Marina Del Rey. Yeah. And it was like one of these vintage stores or something. And they had the hat. I was like, dude, this thing's dope. I, you know, I wear hats all the time. Yeah. I was like, I'm getting it. <laughs> and that's so funny. You brought that up. And, and every now and then when I'm doing stand up, I bring that up as a credit. I go, that has nothing to do. That was like, I that know. movie was like a, you know, suspense thriller drama. Like, dude, don't bring that there up. There was no comedy. In There's it no, nothing to do. And I was in it. So it was such a short scene. You were in the airport. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're in the airport. The guy who looks over their, their documents. And that credit will follow you forever. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Ben Affleck came through this because they come through the security line with the whole whatever. Yeah. And I told him, I said, Ben Affleck, is Matt Damon traveling with you? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, um, um, he goes, uh, sorry, sorry, get this guy out of here. Did you uh, read the script that we gave you? You don't have any <laughs> words. It was horrible. It was my, cause it was my first thing. So I'd never been on a set like that before. Yeah. So I kind of was like, I didn't know what to do, but I was just like, I'm a comedian. You know, so I'll just be funny and stuff. Were you being funny? I was being funny in between takes. Oh, my God. With the other, like, cast and stuff. Wait, I left out one of your other credits, which we did together, which was one of Maz's, Maz's movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> we did Maz Gibrani's movie. Uh, we, were, we played stoners. What was it again? That was actually really fun, though. I, I was, it was fun to do because you were there. But, it, yeah, we were, like, too— st It didn't even make sense. But Maz, no Maz just wanted to put us in— it like, was very funny, though, because he had, like, a bunch... It was, like, a Persian movie, and, like, he had, like, a bunch of Persian... Older Persian extras. Yeah. And they would just keep looking at the camera. That's the same thing with Argo, dude. Ben Affleck quickly realized that, like, having a bunch of Iranian extras is a horrible idea. <laughs> Everyone was, like, looking right down the barrel of the lens, you know? There, he's like, come on! You got, you got frustrated. Really? Yeah, he's like, you guys are looking right at... <laughs> dude, it was so crazy, because, like, we would do scenes. We're in an airport, right? Yeah. And... Like there would be an extra like in one part of the scene where they shot way down the runway. And in this scene that like the whole cast is running down the airport. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense for this guard to be at the fucking other end. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like these, these extras just want to be in the movie a lot, right. you know? So they're like running from that side with the, and they're ending up over there. So like it wouldn't just not continuity wise make any sense. Right. They're like, that's the cab driver who dropped them off. Why is he yeah, in why the terminal? Is he again? Dude, I stepped out for a second to use the restroom. And, you know, I have just a quick scene, you know? Yeah. And and some guys in my, like, sit, I went to use the restroom. And some guys there, he's like, like, standing at my little terminal thing. And he's like, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm <laughs> Shut like, up. Dude, what are you doing? <laughs> it was a shit show. That, that's the that most part. Persian thing ever. It's so funny. Oh, my God. Um, okay. It's funny. I was thinking when I saw that, I was like, what's the credit that I fucking hate that follows me everywhere I go? And it's like, I'll still do shows and it'll be like, 
he was on season two of Last Comic Standing. Yeah. I'm like, fucking A. Yeah, everyone has those. Though. Like, you're dating you're dating me with an awful... This guy's a Comics Unleashed favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Byron Allen loves him. Um, uh, all right, let's get to your fridge, which I have here. You guys can see Amir's fridge on my Instagram, at StandUpDan. Um, this is a... I'm very impressed with this fridge. I gotta say, I know that you're not a single guy, but you're in a relationship, but you live alone. As a, For a guy who lives alone, this is a very well-stocked fridge. Is it? Very well-stocked. I, I, I feel like the, the day that we talked, I had just gone to Trader Joe's, and that's why it looks like that. Um, I if mean, you notice, there's probably, like, brand new produce and stuff in there. There is a lot of Trader Joe's stuff. There. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like all a Trader, Joe's Trader Joe's stuff. Because that's, that's when, I, when I'm not on the road, I get home, and usually yeah. a Monday or something, I'll go to the Trader Joe's, and I get the same exact things. I don't know if you're like me, but I get the exact same, like, 30 items. I'm, I'm pretty similar, but when I'm at Trader Joe's, I like a little wild card once in a while. Yeah. You try. They, they have fun. They have, oh, like, they have these fun stuff. little inventions that they make. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a new one that they have, which is, like, a... Fucking peanut butter popcorn. I, I haven't tried that one. I'm not a peanut butter popcorn guy. I you don't look like, to be honest, you don't look like a peanut butter popcorn I'm not. guy. If I saw you walking down the street, I wouldn't be like, hey, guys, look. Like, I would yeah. if I was with my kids. Right. I don't have kids, but even if I was. I mean, this is a hypothetical situation. Yes, of course. If I saw that guy, I'd be like, hey, guys, not a peanut butter popcorn guy. Yeah. And I'd be like, excuse me, sir, why did you stop me to do that? I'm, I'm trying to get to work. And I'd be like, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so the peanut butter popcorn is good. The peanut butter popcorn is insane. They have another thing that's like a jalapeno crisp thing, which is like their take on that new, like, crispy Szechuan, whatever that, you know what I'm talking about? That, like, Chinese crisp. Are they the little peppers that are, like, dried? But it's, like, in oil. It's, like, in chili oil, but it's, like, crispy chili oil. It's like a crispy chili oil thing. All the kids are eating it now. I haven't tried this. You mean fentanyl? Yes, it's fentanyl. No. Trader Joe's fentanyl is so amazing. Good. They have like a chili lime flavor. It's excellent. <laughs> it's unbelievable. They have really good. I mean, they're little like one-off things. I mean, there's one. There was like a rice pudding thing that they had there that they discontinued. That I, I, I every time I'd go there, I'd get it. That was like my one. Well, that's why I fucking hate them though. Is they make something amazing and then they're like, we're done. Like, what, like they're Banksy. Like they're like yeah, this, yeah. They're like, here you go, man. Try that for a while. They're like, a, they're like, they're like real fucking hardcore artists that they're like, my art can only live on for one week. They had this one thing that I was like, I dream about it. Do you know what papadoms are? That Indian thing that are like really thin, crispy, like they're made out of like, you go to an Indian restaurant, they always have them like on the side. It's like their version of tortillas. basically. Oh, okay, it's okay. round. Mm -hmm. They're crispy. It's like made out of like fucking dried up lentils or whatever. These fuckers took them and made them into like a little disc like a tortilla chip type thing it was so amazing and then i went back like three weeks later and they're like that's done it has seen its time it will live in infamy i mean it's uh so i get frustrated with the trader joe's like that but also i, th I feel like everyone talks a lot of shit about their produce and i might jump on the bandwagon a little bit did they do the thing where they charge you like per peach or whatever it's not yeah. like by the pound so yeah it's like now and now it's getting crazy it's like it's like 89 cents for a lime you know it's like and you yeah. can go to Vallarta or one of these like food for less or one you know one of these other like yeah. grocery stores that have like you know you get like 10 pounds of limes for like three bucks right you know I had Vallarta well I just know that because yeah my girlfriend has you know her bar business and she goes to like oh that's where she buy, gets her yeah because the produce is so cheap you know hilarious and if she went to like Whole Foods or, Tr or Trader Joe's or something it would cost her like 10,000 bucks to like 
It's know, funny because I feel the same way about, I don't know if you've ever been to like the Persian supermarkets in LA. Yeah. But like the huge disparity that you see there from there to like a Whole Foods or a, even a Trader Joe's is herbs because Persians use so much herbs in their mm-hmm. cooking. You can get a fucking like bushel of dill that's like, I mean, it's like the side, like you can make a broom out of it. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> it's like 35 cents. And you go to Whole Foods or whatever, and it's like a, in One a little sprig. disc. Yeah, yeah, it's like by the sprig. It's an organic sprig of dill. I can't do it, dude. Yeah, I can't do that. I will say, though, it's funny you say that the prices are going up at Trader Joe's because my mom shames me a lot because I go to Whole Foods. She's Although I order from Whole Foods, which is good because then, like, you can be really like fast and loose on like returns and be like, I don't want this. It, you, was, you return stuff at a grocery store. I, that's on another level. No. I thought I was bad with I, just Amazon returns. No, but that's what, it, <laughs> but that's what it is. It's Amazon. I, it's not, you don't actually go to the grocery store. You get the whole food stuff. It comes over and you can be like, this grape is a little off. And then you yeah. go on the app and be like, uh, um, returning this grape thing. And they're like, okay. And they're just give you your money back. Wait, wait. So, so you say something and then they don't even come get it. No. So do you have issue? Cause dude, that's the biggest thing with me. Like with, um, Instacart, like my, my girl loves Instacart. dude. Yeah. I can't do it. I have like this like 10 minute bit about it now about how they fuck. Cause I take so much time. I don't know if you're like me, dude, I get so, I'm, I get third world. I go back to, I'm an 85 year old Iranian man in okay. there. I'm touching stuff. You know, I'm smelling it. I'm, you're you like knocking I mean? on the, dude, on yeah. the, on the, on the, uh, the, the, uh, watermelon. Like an 85 point inspection before it gets <laughs> into my cart. And I can't, I don't trust another person to pick my produce. You know what I'm saying? Because I like my shit a certain way. I understand. Like blueberries, a little firm. I don't. Yeah. If, if it's soft, I'm not getting them. Yeah. You know, yeah. or like a, a bananas, a little green, a little yellow. Oh my god, they have yeah. to like they have to like purell the whole place after you go. I know. The I touch it. I know it's probably <laughs> gross, but it's like, dude, come on, man. We're from Iran, man. <laughs> I okay. I'm gonna push back a little because I used to be like that, and I used to be very like, I need to go to the farmers market and see it and smell it and yeah. touch it and listen to it. And then the pandemic hit and I was like, oh, I can press a button and it shows up at my door. Yeah, fucking Carl can pick what strawberries I want. I don't give a fuck. But I feel like Whole Foods does, maybe they have a little bit better of like just having stuff out. It's not like they're going to put spoiled shit out. But if you go like get that Instacarted from Ralph's. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like a case of tomatoes that's been there for a month and a half that, you know. Yeah. Everyone's touched. Yeah. So I think Whole Foods, Air One, all those ones that cost like a billion dollars to shop at maybe have a little bit more quality control in their fruit and produce. Yeah. Uh, I do want to say this, listeners. I'm not actually like stealing the food from the Whole Foods when I return it. What I will do instead is if there's even one tiny thing wrong, (laughs) it's getting returned. It's basically things that we, we, if we were psychopaths and we'd actually return food, like go to this grocery and do it, that's the stuff that I would like be like, Okay, I want my money back on this. My lobster had a little nick in the tail. <laughs> what a guy. Right. He's over here ripping. My off. caviar. Yeah, my caviar was missing one of the egg bars. <laughs> it was a little too viscous. Um, okay, so here, though, you have something that I, I never really know what the fuck this is. Okay. Clamato. Yes, sir. Top row. I don't know what Clamato is. Is there actual clam juice in it? Do you know what's funny is, to be honest, I don't know either. I honestly don't know. I just know it's like a tomato-based, you know, type of juice of some sort. It just seems like if there is clam jizz in this, and it's just something that's in the fridge, it feels very disgusting to me. Yeah, I don't know. I just make micheladas with them, so that's why that's in there. But, like, I had a few friends over for a little girl session, and, you know, I had some Coronas, 
that you can see down there. Yeah. But then, yeah, that was like, you know, I like to make micheladas, especially when it's hot, you know. Is a michelada, take me through the michelada because I don't really get micheladas. Michelada process. I don't know. I just like it kind of takes the, you know, adds a little flavor to a beer to me. Yeah. Like a little, you know, a light lager, like a Corona or a Pacifico or a Modelo, a Mexican. I mean, it's an interesting thing because I feel like Mexicans are probably the only culture that take beer and add something to it. Yeah. Right? No one else does that. I guess you're right. Yeah, I can't think of anything else. I mean, there's like the stouts, but like those aren't really added to, but they're just like thick. Yeah, those are just thick and velvety. But actually adding a third party to a... Yeah, there's really no other drink that you do that, right? No, not with beer. I don't think so. I love that. I love a little Clamato in the beer and like a little bit of hot sauce in there. Like um, a little tapatio, a little lime. Like I'll squeeze lime in there, tapatio, and then... Um, and my brother makes them really, really good. He has like a little uh, pepper garden. And so he'll like, he'll like uh, muddle some peppers mm -hmm. instead of putting hot sauce. He'll like muddle the peppers mm. in the glass first. Wow. And it, it just takes like, it takes like 30 minutes for him to make one. That's but like I a make high class like, michelada right there. They're really good. They're like, really good. It's like how the drug lords in Mexico do it. They're like, bring, bring uh, me the fresh pepper. you have to muddle the peppers. And after you do that, and only after you do that, you add the line. And when you put in the line, then you put a little bit of salt. And after this, you put in the michelada mix, which is clamato. And I don't know if it has clam juice. Then after that, you add in the beer. You guys, why does the boss always almost cry when he explains to us how to make his michelada? Because it is something that really touches my heart. And it's very close to me and my family. My abuela, she was the originator of the first Michelada. Is this racist? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, here's the thing. I feel like since we're Iranian, we're allowed, it's tangential racism. I think know? we get away with it. I mean, especially me, I'm an immigrant, dude. Yeah. So, like, I, I, not that I pull that car, but I just feel like, dude, you know, I make fun of myself and right. our culture. I think I can make fun of like other cultures that are similar. Yeah, we're not punching down. We're punching straight, straight across. Straight across. Straight across punching. You know, it's funny. Um, I have the, I have a, as you know, I have a book coming out. And uh, my editors are like, you know, very like, you know, they're, they're it's very. It's a different time. They're, different they're, time. they're, they're, they're very conscious of like what, yeah. what's being put out there. Uh, thankfully, like hopefully they're looking out for me to not get canceled. Mm -hmm. But there were like moments in it where I'm like doing my mom dialogue with my mom in the book. And, you know, I would like spell it out phonetically, like D-E-E-S. Like -E -E oh, but it seems yeah. like, okay. And they're like, you can't, you can't do but that. But that's what it sounds like. I'm like, like, guys, my mom can't speak English though. <laughs> like, it'll be weird if my mom is just speaking normal fucking English. Right. And it takes away from it. So then we like, we like uh, compromised on, I can do it to family members of mine. But like, there's a chapter about like Meals on Wheels and like going to people's homes. And it's like, for them, I have to just be like, in a Peruvian accent, oh, he said, God. and then like just spell, <laughs> I mean, write out like like he's speaking like fucking William Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know me, I do characters and stuff like all the time on stage. Yes. So I don't know. I I, I don't think because I I wouldn't do it if it was offensive. You know what I mean? Right. And if it, I think if you do it well or whatever, like I'm talking about, if you're just speaking it or whatever to somebody. Yeah, you, I think if you do it well and it represents kind of like how everything sounds, then. You know, it's not like I'm doing like a an offensive like Indian accent or offensive right. Asian accent, like where you're mocking the culture, or mocking the. 
It is funny though people. to me how some accents are like you can't do those, but then other accents, it's like oh yeah, you can yeah, like a British accent. You can totally like make fun of a German accent, <laughs> but if you try an Indian accent, right? You can even do like an Arab accent, right? I feel like that's acceptable. I mean that German, you know, Australian accent. Who's who's gonna care? Right. You know, British. Who cares? Right. Irish. Who gives a shit? Right. Right. But why? Why are they not? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, but if you do like a like a Chinese accent, yeah, no, no, that's a big no-no. Yeah, I do a Bruce Lee impression, and that's even gotten like it's an impression of a guy. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Yeah, and it's like okay. I, yeah. Um, yeah, actually, I'm going to accuse you of cultural appropriating food-wise because you have a lot of Mexican ingredients here. Go ahead, give me some more. Let me see. Tahin, is that what it is? Tahin, yeah, tahin. I believe. Is, that's like a little seasoning. You know what? That 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 bass that we caught. Sometimes I'll just season the. The fish with, with just a little bit of that. And oh, a little, yeah. A little lemon, yeah. Amazing. And that's good. Um, but yeah, I, that that I use for everything. I'll put it on fruit. You know, like when you get the little the fruit cart guys that sell yeah. the little fruits with it, they have that in the mix. And it's kind of like just like a little seasoning for fruits and stuff. It's like a dry pepper seasoning. There is a, there's something that I think, I, I, I'm food Sudamus. I call, I, I will call the next food prediction, the next hot big food thing. Mm -hmm. There's something called togarashi, which is like a Japanese version of, that is basically a spice blend that I feel like is in within the next year is going to take over the world. No way. Yeah. It's going to be the hot new thing. I would love to like actually make my own, but I would be accused of. What's it called? Cultural appropriation. Um, It's called to Togarashi. It's like a chili spice blend like that, but it has like seaweed in it. It's so delicious. Um, although I like that. I could see you like dressed as Liberace on the bottle. <laughs> Danny Togarashi looks like this with like a... With the candelabra. Oh my God. I don't know. Danny Togarashi. I see. Yeah. And then you can say that, that's your last name. Hey, did you guys hear Dan uh, doesn't work anymore? <laughs> yeah. What mm. happened? Well, he tried to make a Togarashi brand called Danny Togarashi. And yeah. They, where he I dressed like they, Liberace. I guess they canceled him on all fronts. Yeah. On all fronts. But behind the Tayin, there is a very Persian thing. You've got a ton of saffron. Oh my God. So I have, you know what's so deceiving about my fridge actually? You know how you said it's all like stocked heavily or something? Dude, it, there's 800 barbecue sauces. I don't yes. know if you see that. Yes. There's 800 of them. There are eight, literally 800. I see Traeger barbecue sauces. Yeah, that's because, you know, Traeger would send, and, and shout out to Traeger because yes. we, we both have girls from yes, Traeger. Yes, we're both, we're both uh, Traeger, Traeger heads. Yeah, we're, uh, and I love my Traeger, man. I reverse sear everything. Um, like steak-wise, meat-wise. Right, thank you. Not Smoke meat. everything. There's a person here from Traeger who's got a gun to our heads. That's why we have to say that. <laughs> no, but there's, yeah, a lot of those barbecue sauces. But I also like like a variety. If I smoke some, um, you know, ribs like uh, Baby Backs or Memphis-style pork ribs. Yeah. Um, I like a lot of variety on the table, even though with the Traeger, you don't need any sauce. Because <laughs> the smoke... <laughs> Goodness the, the that comes flavor. from a Traeger grill. And I like a low and slow, you know, when you sit it like that. When you sit it like that, you really don't need no sauce to season mm -hmm. nothing up. It don't, just tastes great as it is. Don't be a hater. Hook it on your Traeger. I like that. <laughs> it didn't quite rhyme, but I like how you did that there. Don't be a hater. Cook it on a Traeger. Um, so you are, the, the, the thing that fascinated me about you within the past couple of years is that you started posting pictures and videos on your Instagram of you going fishing. I love to fishing. You love to fishing. I love to fishing. And you, and then I was like, oh, cool. He like goes on a charter. And then I was like, oh, wait, I think that's his boat. And then we started talking. You were like, yeah, I have a fishing boat. I was like, that's fucking nuts. I would have never, I don't know anyone who has a fishing boat and who's an avid angler. 
and let alone like a comedian. I don't know for some, I don't know why that made it weird to me, but I was like, fucking A, Amir's like, and you were like catching serious fish. And it's probably been two years that I asked you to go fishing. Yeah. Well, yes. And you it said, and you would pandemic. always be like, yeah, yeah, we'll go. But I always sensed that there was something pulling you back. There was something, there was some sort of apprehension. And I didn't really get what it was until we went fishing last weekend, finally, after two years. Because what happened was you called me on a Friday night, on a Friday night at 11 p.m. And you said, hey, <laughs> you want to go fishing tomorrow? And you did not expect me to say yes, because I think it was like a late invite. You were like, ah, I'll throw a Hail Mary here. I, I'll be honest with you. I said, no, you know, I was thinking about you. And I was like, I haven't asked Dan to go in a while. I, I don't think I ever asked. No, you, right? you always said no. Yeah, yeah, no, you, no, you, you just, you just wouldn't said, do I it. I said, we'll go because, because yeah. when we were talking about it and the thing you got to know about fishing, like our, our coast is certain parts of the year, the action is not hot at all. Right. And it, it, if you're not like a, a seasoned angler, you're not going to catch, you know, whatever. And it's going to be a lot of, it's a tough day on the water. And so I was like, let's wait till the season warms up. Yeah. The water gets warmer, the fish get more active. So when we go out, we at least have a good productive day right. of fishing and you go out there and you have a fun experience. Yes. You know, because if you go the first time, you might, it might turn you off from the, the whole thing, but go ahead. <laughs> okay. So that's one reason I, ha I have another theory, which I'll get to in a second, but so you call me at 11 o'clock. I just gotten off stage and you were like, well, you want to go fishing tomorrow? And it wasn't, it wasn't, I wasn't even like, since we were on the phone, I was like, let's go fishing tomorrow. Cause I was going to go anyway. Right. I was going anyway. I was like, well, why not bring Dan <laughs> yeah. on this one? I think it was like a little bit of a, of a Tarof invite. It was like. Not at all. Tarof is a Persian thing when you kind of invite someone, but like you kind of are hoping for a no, but you want to look good to say, so you ask. I'll, I'll be honest with you. It wasn't. And I've done that before right. to other people, but not with you. Okay. Because I, I was excited. I told Sarah, I was like, oh, Dan's going to come with me. So it'll be fun. But yeah. the only apprehension I had was I was like, okay, like you said, if you bring someone, and this is why I don't bring everyone that says, oh, I want to go fishing because they don't understand what it is. And then when you get on the boat, it's like, dude, it's, there's so much shit going on and, yeah. you know, a lot of moving parts and, you know, hooks and, you know, it's not an tying easy knots experience. and lines and, yeah. you know, you're, you're trying to hold stable on the boat while you're fishing and grabbing sardines out of the live well. It's a lot of shit to do. Yeah. Which I was so impressed at how good you, you, you handle it. Thank that. you very much. Thank you very much. Um, down to dude, down anyway, back to why I didn't expect it to be a real invite was because at 11 p.m. He said, do you want to go fishing tomorrow on a Friday? So this is under the assumption that I have nothing to do on Saturday mm. on a Friday night. Luckily for or unluckily for you, I had no life. I had nothing to do on Saturday. And I said, yeah, sure. Let's go fishing. And you, you said, like, yeah, I could do that. I was like, I, I was could like, do oh, that. I was like, well, I mean, the fishing is it's kind of be No. And then I was like, in my head, I'm like all right, I'll probably get to this house at like 8 a.m. and we'll head out. And I was like, all right, what time should I be there? And you were like, be at my house at 6 a.m. And in that split second, I thought, this guy's expecting me to say, no, I can't make that. And I was like, I'm not going to give him the pleasure. I was like, okay, I will be there, Amir. This is so funny. So this is why <laughs> there's two sides to every story. Because I... Was so excited to have you. And and to me, that 6 a.m. was late. Do you really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When I go <laughs> fishing, when I go with these guys that you've seen me on, on their boats, and we, we met a couple of my friends out on the on the yeah. docks. It's a whole community out there. Yeah. These guys, they don't mess around. No. They get up at like, like 6 a.m. You already missed the whole bite. It's over. The day's over. Like, you should have been on your spot. Right. Got bait. All, and there's a lot to do. You yeah. saw we had to go get bait. Da, 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 da. And even the spot I have on the water... 
it's so easy and accessible to all those things. But these guys that are serious, man, you got to be out at the dock. Like you get there at four 30 in the morning yeah. at the dock. Yeah. So that means I left my house at like, you know, three 30 to get to where I am, you know, Long yeah. Beach, Cabrillo, whatever. So that's why I said six. And I was like, Oh, this is, I'll, I'll give him a chance to actually come. I want him to come. I don't want to say four. I don't want him to be coming at four. I want to come to six. That's amazing. So I, that's, that was where I was coming. I was like, dude, we won't do it that early. I, I don't know if you remember. I said, I said, we won't even go that early. So just be in my house at six. Yeah. And he said, I could do that. And I was like, great. And, I, and sometimes I only get two or three hours of sleep. Cause I, I told you I didn't get much sleep that yeah. night. Yeah. Meanwhile, but, I was like supposed to meet friends for drinks. And instead I was like, no, I'm rushing home. And I was still, I was like a little wired cause I just got off stage. I had a late espresso in the day. So, you know, masturbated vigorously <laughs> to, to get myself tired, to tire myself out and went to bed and woke up four hours later to, to, to make my 6am call time. Um, but, uh, it was so much fun and it was not, it was not an easy day of fishing. Oh my God. So guys, for the listeners out there now, the season has warmed up and it's gotten to the point where I said, let me invite somebody out because it's going to be fun. We're going to catch tons of fish. Fish are active. Water's warm at 69, 72 degrees, anywhere in that range. The last couple of times I went out. So I said, now this is the time. If anybody asks or they really want to go, this would be the time to go. Cause we can go, go local. Yeah. Stay very close to where my boat is docked and we can catch a ton of fish. Yeah. I tell Dan, I said, this is going to be perfect. And I checked the report. So there's all these weather apps that you got to check before you go out, especially on a boat, the size of my, I don't know. My boat's not very big before you guys think it's a yacht that I'm on or some exclusive fishing. It's a nice you know, boat though. It's a nice boat for yeah. what it is. It's a, it's a, you know, it's inshore, a Boston whaler. It's a Boston whaler inshore fishing boat, which is a badass like inshore yeah. fishing boat. Anyone that I've spoken to about our trip and I tell them it was a Boston whaler, like, oh, that's a good boat. Yeah. Okay. That's a good boat. If anybody knows that is, that is a very good boat for, yeah. for what I'm doing. Right. And, um, but it's not big. So no. sometimes people think it's this like big thing that has a lot of, you know, deck platform, you know, you yeah. can fish and walk around. I thought around. that. I thought there's going to be a under deck, an yeah, over yeah, yeah. deck. There's, I thought there's going to be like a front area for Instagram pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Dan came like he was an uh, Instagram model in Greece. <laughs> yeah. He was wearing a bathing suit. I go, what are you wearing? A two piece? I brought my ring light. <laughs> yeah. So it's not very like that, but it is, it's a fishing machine, yeah. you know, like for what I'm doing. And so I checked the reports, the weather reports. And it looked good, you know, it looked, it looked decent. Like yeah. the wind wasn't going to blow. And that's why I was like, oh, um, you know, 6 a.m. And I didn't think you didn't have anything to do on a Saturday. I just thought we'd be done so quick that right. you could actually get to your other stuff if you wanted to. Because I thought we'd be done by like noon or one. Yeah. Six, you know, do a little six hour trip quick. Yeah. Catch and fish and come home. So I look at the weather. It looks good. It looks fine. You know, like it's enough for us staying inside the break wall or just a little outside the break wall. The break wall is a, is a, a bunch of rocks, like a jetty rock thing a, a big ass rock wall that no they built what a jetty is now you gotta explain what okay well whatever is. it's a big uh, the the break wall is this big like off our coast inside the los angeles harbor they put this huge rock wall yeah that protects the inner harbor from the swell right so like when there's a big swell like huge waves out in the ocean yeah it breaks before it gets to the inner harbor which right. is where all the boats and stuff will be docking and stuff like that so your boats don't get smashed yeah so they've created that thing so i'm like okay we're gonna be fine but as happens on the ocean, it's mother nature and, you know, the sea is very oh, the unpredictable. Sea is, she's an unpredictable. She's beast. unpredictable. She's yeah. an unpredictable 
Horror. Horror slot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, so it could change at a, like the drop of a hat. Like the, the seat could change. And what yeah. I didn't do was I didn't check it again in the morning. I didn't check the report. That's yeah. why. And there was some offshore activity happening, you know, like weather activity, you know, uh, that had turned up the swell a little bit and changed like whatever. And, yeah. and whatever. So the wind is going to pick up early. So now I, I, I almost didn't even know. I was like, oh, because we're going to go so quick. It'll be fine. I go a thousand times. It's going to be fine. So we get out on the boat and it's already way windier than normal at that hour. Yeah. The reason we go so early is because the sea is dead calm in All the right. morning. She's tired. She's, she's tired, tired in the from morning. whoring the night before. Yeah, from whoring the night before. So she's dead calm asleep. <laughs> and what lies ahead is no man's land. I don't oh. know. All right. I'm getting bad at improvising a pirate. <laughs> so anyway, we get on the boat. It's windier than normal. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. I, let's stay positive. Yeah. Let's stay positive. We get on the boat, you know, I start tying the hooks and putting the rods together and all that stuff. And we're like, oh, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. Let's get out there. We get out there. We start heading out of the dock. As we're going out of the thing, there's boats coming back. Don't go out. There. Like literally, <laughs> I've never had this happen in my career of fishing where you're going out and people are coming back. Oh, it's horrible out there. Like, like literally saying that. Like, okay. And it was like, like talk about a bad omen, you know? Yeah. And they're like, no, you know, like. <laughs> Don't go, well, and they're coming back, and it's like guys that are just, they've been out. Yeah. And now they're coming back, and serious fishing guys. They're yeah. not like just, you know. They were up at four. Yeah, they were up at four, and they're already done. They're like, we're not, we're just not going to do it. And then we get to the bait barge. So we go, we say, ah, screw it. They, you know, we're still going to have a couple hours. Let's go. The bait barge is, was the most interesting thing about the trip to me. Yeah, so the bait barge, if anybody does, uh, has ever been, hasn't been fishing, you, you go, there's a little, like, little island, basically, yeah. right? He's like a little floating island. Yeah. And it's what the size of what, like a, like a, let's say a, a couple RVs put together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like a couple big RVs put couple together. A couple big RVs. And they're just floating. It's just floating there and it's got bait in there, like sardines and anchovies. And sometimes they have Well, squid. yeah, it has these nets that are kind of like, in, that are in the ocean that are holding, penning in these fish that are the bait. And the bait that they use are anchovies, sardines, and mackerel. Mackerel and squid. And yeah. squid. And, and certain times of the year, they have squid there. And you're like, let's get sardines. Now, I, as a landlubber, didn't know that these are like live fish that we're getting. And this guy pulls up like like thousands of live anch of live sardines out of, this, out of this net. And I, the foodie in me was like, I, sardines are my favorite food. And there's nowhere in America that you can find live fresh sardines. They're always frozen. They get them from Europe. They freeze them and they bring them to America. And I was like, this is like the holy grail right now. There's live sardines in America. I didn't even yeah. know this was possible. And I told the guy, I was like, dude, can I just buy the sardines like to eat? And he goes, you must be European. Yeah, my buddy, dude, Mike's a great guy. He, yeah. So this guy, he, he works on the dock and that's a lonely job. You know, he had somebody there with him that yeah. day. But these guys like go sit on that. They're, they like live in like a little, 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 what is it? a little bungalow or something yeah. on the, on the floating dock. Yeah. And he's out there all day, literally, especially now. But like during um, the weekdays, like Monday to Wednesday, he lives in Mexico and then he comes up like Thursday to Sunday and stays on that little thing. Wow. You know, I mean, he drives back and forth. They have a little skiff that a little boat that gets yeah. him to land if he needs, but he's pretty much in there the whole time. Yeah. Know? Cause it's open all the time. Unbelievable. And so he's there by himself and I, I and he sees me every day. He's like, I'm here. What's up, man? You know, we're talking and then, and then Dan's over there. He's fucking at a fish market. <laughs> And he's going, I'll take some of those. I go, hey, we're going to be fishing. We're gonna be fi it was so funny. I was he like, was I'm like, done with fishing. I'd yeah, be very like, thrilled with this. We can go back in now. 
It was perfect though. It was it, uh, how excited you got because I know you like that type of like sardines, anchovies, stuff like that. Oh yeah, I know you love that like pickled shit like that, right? I love the funky stuff, the oily fish. Yeah, the really oily, and I hate the really oily. Yeah. Fish. So I was like, oh, Dan's gonna love this. So then anyway, we get the bait, right? Yeah. Is there any more you wanted to say about that? No, that's good. Okay, so we get the bait, and even Mike goes, "Where are you guys? Go- where are you going?" <laughs> He was shocked that we were even pulling up. And they were doing maintenance on the barge because it was going to be a bad day. I don't know if you saw, but they had all the other pods that were empty. They had them up and they were doing cleaning and shit like that. Right. Everyone is telling us to leave. Yeah, literally, Mike goes, well, do it's going to be, where are you going? Yeah. Like, he was worried for me. And these are people with, like, grizzled fisherman faces. Yeah, these guys. They've like, seen and some they, shit. They've seen a lot of shit. And so <laughs> for them to say that, and they don't really talk like that because they go, this guy knows what he's doing. Right. I'm not going to tell him. Like when the guys came back, normally they just they just mind their business. Right. Fishing community, you saw, they're, everyone's a little too cool for school sometimes. Yeah. If they don't know you're not in their group. Right. You know, like if you right. see a boat, you know, then you're going to be, hey, what's up, you know, Johnny, whatever. Right. But if you don't know them, you kind of like, you know, everyone's kind of like, who's the stink this guy? guy. There's yeah, a lot of stink, stink guy. guy. It's like pirates. Yeah. So like. For everyone, even to not know us and go, hey, don't go out there, man. It's like <laughs> something's going on. Right. They're like, we will we will come together today. Uh, yeah. We will all be friends today in saying, do not go out there. Right. So Mike tells us now another omen. You know, he's like, I don't know. It's going to be rough. And we're like, oh, I'm, I'm, just like, I'm just going to take him to the wall a little bit and catch some fish. So that break wall holds a lot of fish. That break wall holds a ton of Yes, uh, because there's life. a lot of kelp that kind of... Uh, coalesces in that area, and these fish like being around the kelp. They're actually kelp bass. That's yeah. that's the name of them. Yeah, they're kelp bass. Calico yeah. bass are actually called kelp bass. So they hide in there and they ambush the 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 uh, what is it? The bait. Yeah. When it swims by, and you you asked me, you said, why don't they sell this? Like, why don't I see it on the menus? Because it's, they're so hard to target. For you know what I mean, like for, yeah, which was so interesting. Like to for me. the fishermen, they can't just go net them. I don't think, and like just you know, right? You can't because they're covered by you know kelp and rocks and shit like that. So. Yeah, so it's a real special fish because you can't buy them anywhere because they're annoying to catch. And there's just a very in, tasty, in super tasty. It's like a firm white meat. I will get to that because oh, I yeah, did, yeah. I ate it yesterday. Um, however, it was not my fish because Dan didn't catch any fish that day. Oh my God. Hold on. Let's get to it. So let's get to it. Because so I think this was so fun. I don't know. I hope the listeners are enjoying the story as yes, much as are. I am because I'm an avid fisherman. We're yes. sitting next to my fishing boats right now. Yeah. So he's, he's, he's running out of breath talking about how much he likes fishing so much. It's okay. Take a breath. Okay. So now we're heading out and it's still cool, right? Yeah. And Dan, I think already was like, fuck, this boat is way smaller than I thought. You know, he's like holding on. He held on to my antenna thing that wasn't stable and almost fell in the water like three minutes in. Dude, the boat is, it's, and we're going, the water is like not like a little choppy. We're going fast because you're used to going that fast in this water. And I'm like, oh my God, my vertebrae are crushing against each other. (laughs) Yeah. If you're not used to it, it it could be scary, like out the gate, especially when like you kick up the engine and then you start going. Yeah. And then it was just like where we were, it was just water chop on the water. Actually, we hadn't even hit the swell yet. Yeah. Because we were inside that break wall that I had mentioned had, you know, has that protection layer. So we get out. Now we're going just right around the corner to the lighthouse where there's like a good little fishing spot there. I throw a couple casts in and then from the distance, we see the fog is rolling in. Yes. Like fog. Like, and you know, some mornings there is fog and my boat doesn't have radar. So you can, you're not supposed to be on the water if there's any sort of fog. Which I didn't know that that's a thing. Like, cause fog doesn't really scare you if you're on land. You're like, whatever, it's fucking fog. But in the open ocean, but when, I'm, when yeah. the fog is thick and you can only see like your hand, in, you can barely see your hand in front of your face when it's that thick. 
Yeah. It's so dangerous because there's, and especially the mouth of the harbor yeah. where we were, there's like, there's huge, I told you like ocean, enormous tankers. these container tanker ships, the, they're enormous. They're like a building on the water. It's like yeah. a, you know, like a, yeah. It's a, like five cruise ships in one. Yeah. Five cruise ships stacked <laughs> together and you, I, and I've come up on them in the fog. Like when the fog is rolled in and I've been out and I'm coming home, I told you, and they're like, you know, 25 yards ahead of you. Yeah. I mean, it's a building that you look up and you see, you go, holy crap. And any sort of thing, they could, they don't stop. They could just yeah. barrel right into you and kill yeah. you. So that's why I was like, all right, starting to get a little, but it was way out there. The fog was out there and we're like, I'm like, we'll stay close. But the fishing was horrible. The water temp had dropped 10 degrees and for the water temp to drop from 70 or 69, 70 degrees to 60 degrees, it shocks the shit out of the fish. Right. The fish, they don't, they don't, they're not active anymore. They're like, oh, they're trying to acclimate to that new water because the, you know, whatever the weather systems had pushed some cold water toward the coast now. Yeah. You know, and the swell pushes it kind of along the coast and it gets cold. But that's why I was like, let's go further out. Because, you know, even when I was talking to Roger, my my other fishing buddy, he's like, go out a little bit. It's like three miles out to the horseshoe. Yeah. And that water should be a little bit warmer. It was yesterday. That's what he was saying. Yeah. Anyway, the water <laughs> is just cold where we are. So the fish aren't active. Right. So I go, fuck, we got to go out a little bit. We got to get out of the coast to get some fish going. Yeah. So we drive like three miles out. Now this starts to get choppy. There's already white caps on the water and there's never right. white caps on the water. A white cap out. is like when a wave has a, has like foam on the top of it. Because of the wind and the, and yeah. it, it's, it's starting to get nasty. The, the ocean is starting to get nasty. Yeah. And that's never good for the size of boat that I have. So if it was like a regular day that I was going to go to Catalina, I would have turned around and gone back. Right. Like those other guys did. Yes. So I go, fuck it. Dan's, you know, Dan never comes with me. And it's like the one time he came with me, I'm like, let me just go get him a goddamn fish. <laughs> and so we go to the horseshoe. Water doesn't get any warmer. It doesn't, it's not getting warmer. Right. So we're like, fuck, now we're out here three miles out, farther out. And the fog is just rolling in. But I've already like set up on a spot. I'm trying to chum up some fish because, yeah. you, you know, you throw a couple sardines in. It creates some activity because the fish are like, what the hell's going on? So they come around your boat. And so we start fishing. Nothing. Nothing. No bites, nothing. I'm like, dude, let's hold on. Roger's calling me and he's like, he has a charter. So my fishing buddy, he charters where people come pay money to go with him right. out to the sea. He's got a huge boat. He can go wherever he wants. And he's not, he's in the harbor. He's like, what are you guys yeah, doing? He goes, out what there? are you doing? He goes, fog's rolling. And he's like, you want me to come out and get you? He never says that. Do you want me to come out? And the guy has people, paid customers on his boat. And he's like, do you want me to abandon this to come and get you guys? That's the, the moment when I was like, um, are we? Fuck them here. Yeah, because he's a licensed captain, and that's part of the thing. Like, if you're a licensed captain, if you know somebody's out at sea or something, and they don't have radar, shit like that, you're supposed to go. It's it's part of the code. You it's, the code go of get the, it's the code of the seaman. You go get them. So mm. that's how bad of a day. I'm just trying to set the scene. Yes. Uh, it is. The wind's starting to pick up. We're, like, fucking, we're, like, fighting the to, just to throw the sardine in the water. It's, like, blowing back into our face. And it's starting to get choppy, and now the fog is getting closer and closer. Yes. And we're going a couple more casts. Let's do a couple more casts. Just dumb. And then all of a sudden, the fog just completely, like, engulfs us. Yeah, it is. And it is. It was dramatic, actually. Like, because I was like, eh, it's not going to be a big deal. You couldn't see, like, 10 feet in front of you. Yeah, and that's when it gets really dangerous. So then we're going. Because there's boats. There's these big tankers that are just, like, cruising. And you don't. they don't fucking know who you are. The one good thing was that it was a Saturday. So, like, a lot of that activity is not, you know, it, like, if you go during the week, that activity is popping off. Like, yeah. there's tankers going in and out all the time. But for that, they're usually either like held up like on an anchor somewhere or whatever. But it's still dangerous because private boaters. But no private boater is going to be on the water in that Yeah, because they're not idiots. Like they're not idiots were. like us. So I'm just yeah. trying to get Dan a fucking fish. 
It's going to cost us our lives. Meanwhile, I was like, I'm so happy with the sardines. Why are we out here? <laughs> <laughs> so we start going back at like a crawl. We're just going back to inside the break wall at a crawl. Like yeah. We're going like two miles an hour and it's rocky and rough. And Dan, I can just tell he's like, is this how it is always? And I'm like, no. And I'm trying to tell him I'm like, dude. And I can see and I get well, I'm the type of host that I'm like, fuck, they're not having fun. Immediately I go, they're not having fun. So I'm like, dude, I'm sorry, man. You know, like start getting apologetic about the situation because he's never been. So I don't want him to get turned off by it how shitty this day is. Like literally this is the worst day I've had on the water in two years. And so we're getting back. We get back to the, to the inside the break wall. We're like, okay, great. It breaks a little bit. We get on that seawall. We start throwing more baits. Nothing, just nothing, nothing, nothing. Then we just go sandwich. Yeah, sandwich. So <laughs> Amir made these sandwiches for us, which was so sweet. Cause last, the night, the night before he went to Ralph's and picked up French bread and a bunch of like, Italian deli meats. No, no, I had the deli meats. Okay, okay, so I had the deli meats in the fridge. And I'm like, oh, I love doing like a little Italian, like little sandwich. Yeah. A little sandwich with like a French baguette, you know, on yeah. the water and like a little mozzarella. Mozzarella. A little bit of, uh, you know, lettuce in there, a little, little tomato. Little, lettuce with tomato. A little balsamic man. I'm going to add little it. A little balsamavone. Yeah, with a little oil. A little oil. And the oil I got in Tel Aviv. <laughs> I, I actually got the oil from the Druids in Tel Aviv. <laughs> We had Druid oil from Tel Aviv. There you go. And that, no, Druze, not Druid. I don't know. I don't know. Druze. I think Druids are like. Yeah, uh, yeah that's like a like Star Wars people. thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Druids. I, I, I meant to say Druze. I'm sorry. <laughs> Cancel me. The, the Druze, Druid. right? The, the, the really oh, yeah. good olive oil that they have there. Uh, the Skywalkers uh, made the jalapenos. Yeah. And um, I don't know anything <laughs> else in Star Wars. And I the just... Jabberwockies uh, <laughs> brought me the lettuce. Anyway. We have, we have these sandwiches that I, I like to make before we go to the water. Yeah. Um, they were great. So they I, were, I was so impressed with the sandwich. It was sandwich? a wonderful sandwich. It was, uh, and we had, can we say we had beers or? You know? Yeah, totally. Okay, yeah. We so I some, brought like six beers, but that's some, always fun. Like after you catch a fish, yeah. to, you know, we celebrate. We had some Coronas. Yeah. We had some sandwiches. We were having a nice time. And. No, so, so yeah, that, that we were fishing the wall and we're like, fuck it, let's just, at least we have our sandwiches, let's go eat. Yeah. The, the sandwiches in this like little harbor that's protected by the wind and everything, where Roger was. It was beautiful. So we go there, we sit down, we were having a laugh and talking and had the sandwiches. But the thing was like, you know, you got done with your set at like 11, right? Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't off stage until like 1231. I had like two or three sets. So. Yes, you were exhausted. The only place open was the Rock and Roll Ralphs, which is like a shit show at yeah. that hour. So I'm like going through and the items I'm getting, they're like, what the fuck? Everyone's getting like vodka. They're all like on Coke and they're getting vodka and like whatever it is. And I'm just like, um, just a French baguette. And, you know. uh, do you have Calabrian chilies? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going fishing with Danadu Danadu tomorrow. Uh, and he's a big time foodie. <laughs> hey, you want a blowjob? Uh, no, but I am looking but I for, am looking uh, for cherry tomatoes. Maybe if you have... <laughs> Yeah, it was a weird, it was a very weird uh, experience there. So whatever, I got the bread and we had the sandwiches. And that was, I thought it was the highlight of the day. It was fantastic. <laughs> it was fantastic. Yeah. And then we did a little bit of fishing after that. And we went and long story short, Amir starts getting bites. And he gets a big fucking bass on, on, the, on his hook. And he's pulling it up, pulling it up. It's so exciting because we haven't seen any action all day. And then he does the thing that's like the grandfather move with his grandchild. He's like, Dan, come, you take the pole. And I'm like, oh, man, this is so humiliating. He's it like, wasn't, it wasn't intended. See, Dan like reads shit so different. He's like, come on, Dan. 
It's like, you know, when your dad like opens the jar and then leaves the top on for you. He's like, you can open it. <laughs> and so I grab the fucking bowl, like my head's down, like, yeah, I'm doing it. I'm doing it, Grandpa. <laughs> I did it. I did it. <laughs> oh, my. But that, see, this is why he like, interprets shit so wrong. Like the whole intention was like, dude, you know, we haven't caught anything. Like, let me get, get him like, because it's so exhilarating to catch, you know, like it's like it kicks into your primitive thing of like, oh, I got something, yeah. you know, and even just to feel the fish fighting is yeah. fun. And I was like, shit, if we don't catch any other fish, at least you fought like a fish for two seconds. You know what I mean? It was literally like I was a make a wish kid. It was great. On like, my all right, last time's up. fishing trip. <laughs> like, Come uh, here, Billy. But yeah, you got this. I just wanted you to feel whatever. The no, thing it was. was great. And it was actually a huge fish. And um, you filleted out for me. And oh, well, anyway, then we then we we. We come back. We're done fishing. You fillet. You fillet the fish for me. You gave me the meat, which was very, very generous of you. Um, and then, like, we basically, I was like, "What's well, 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 gonna happen with these sardines?" Yeah. So we we <laughs> actually let me tell the story. We finished the sardines. Yeah. Because we were using them for bait, you know. And then we just kind of toss out the rest because the live well doesn't keep them. You know, if they're dead, you just got to toss them in. Yeah. The sea lions or whatever eat them. But we get back to the dock and my buddy Roger, who had just had a charter, he's getting back too. And I was like, shit, I wanted to get Dan some sardines from either Mike or whatever. But I go, Roger's got some in his bait well. We'll get yeah. some from him. And he's got some that he's been like, they're called cure. Yeah. Curing, which means. Um, penis in Farsi. <laughs> cure means penis in Farsi. Cure, yeah. No, but they're curing. So like he's keeping them in a bait well. Yeah. And when they're, when they're newly in there, they're kind of like beat up. And so to cure them, to get them to be really hot and good baits, yeah. you leave them in there and you feed them for like weeks uh -huh. and they become just like really good bait. You remember how I was telling you, keep changing your bait. Yeah. You yeah. Really feisty one. So that's what you got. So you got like really cured sardines. Fresh sardines. He gave yeah. them to me. Uh, he thought I was a lunatic because I wanted to eat these things. But honestly, the freshest sardines I've ever had. Unbelievable. Um, I had them yesterday. They were delicious. And then I also cooked the bass that you caught for me, um, which tasted so nice. It was like, it was like, it tasted like a haddock cod type thing. Not as meaty as like a halibut, but it was like the perfect like fish taco yeah. fish. Oh, totally. It's like, such a good fish taco. It's a great taco. ceviche fish. Yeah. The calico bass is excellent. And it's special because like you said, like they don't catch it in bulk because it's not easy to catch. Right. But it was... Very fun. I, it's funny because the time, the, the thing that you're not getting is I actually had, well, I was having a wonderful time when we were coming back with the fog. I was like, this is fucking awesome. We're out on the water. We're yeah. having fun. I had a blast. I have, I mean, obviously it would have been good if I caught a fish and didn't just like steal bait. No, but it was like, the worst <laughs> day on the water I've had in two years. So it's like, <laughs> even me, Cal, I, I told you, I was like, I never get skunked, but it, today it felt like a day we were going to get skunked. Like nobody, even Roger, who's a fucking expert fisherman, yeah, was on a charter and they didn't catch. He took them to like the fucking shore shot place to catch fish. Yeah, and that and it's very boring to do. It's like they did some like sculpin fishing, which is right. like you just drop to the bottom, you get something, you reel it up. Yeah, and it's boring. But I just want we'll go back. I I I need to I need to redeem myself. I cannot be. I can't leave as Jimmy the Make a Wish kid. No, no, and I will say I was so impressed because I have taken. Like I took my neighbor one time and it was a little, you know, a little rough around the edges. And I think he was over it, you know, yeah. and it wasn't even a bad day, like, yeah. but, but like an hour or two in, he's like, oh, this is fucking, this kind of sucks. 
Right. But you were so good and you were like throwing your sardine on. That's a thing, a tricky thing to grab the sardine and put the hook in it and throw it out. Yeah. You were really, you were a trooper. You were like. Thank you. I appreciate that. I had a lot of fun and I, I do need to go redeem myself. So we will, there will be a redemption tour. We'll have a follow-up podcast about the redemption. Let's talk Clamato. What's more gross? The fact that it's a drink that has shellfish juice in it or that it sounds way too much like chlamydia. It's a toss-up. Either way, what the hell is it? This briny drink is just what it sounds like. A blend of tomato juice and clam broth with some spices blended in. While you can certainly drink it as is, Clamato juice is most commonly used in cocktails like a Bloody Caesar or a Michelada. Although it wasn't produced commercially until the late 1960s, the idea for this interesting combination surfaced years later. Two employees of what is now Mott's sought to create a cocktail inspired by the tomato-based Manhattan clam chowder. They mixed up a concoction of tomato juice, clam broth, and various spices, and voila, gross. While we in America aren't huge Clamato consumers, Canada and Mexico go crazy for it. I've never been more proud to be an American. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life is full of twists and turns, guys, and it's important for you to show up for yourself through it all. Trust me, I go through a full-on meltdown before every episode that we record, and if it wasn't for the support group that I have with my producers, uh, I'd be recording this from prison, okay? I'd be doing some bad things. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. I mean... Online is the way to go, guys. What do you want to drive to therapy and then have to get parking validation? And then you're in a waiting room with other people and you're all wondering, like, what's he here to talk about? And then you leave and you get a ticket and you got to go back to therapy to talk about the ticket. Who needs it? BetterHelp is a great way to invest in yourself. And they have a special offer for my listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash green eggs. That's 10% off your first month of online therapy at betterhelp.com dot com slash green eggs. Were you one of the millions of people who tried baking bread a couple years ago? Or maybe you thought of growing your own sourdough starter and feeding it every day like a Tamagotchi, but they never stay alive. They all die. I know. I gave it a shot. Whichever you were, we can all agree there's nothing like hot, delicious, fresh baked bread. What if I told you you could get all the flavor with none of the time and work involved? You'd say that I was insane and you'd be right. But that doesn't take away from the fact that you can, from Wild Grain, get the best bread products in your home. Wild Grain is the first bake-from-frozen box for artisanal bread. Plus, they have amazing rolls, pastries, even handmade pasta. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. Plus, for every new member, Wild Grain donates six meals to the Greater Boston Food Bank. They've already donated 120,000 meals thus far. All you have to do is sign up at wildgrain.com slash green eggs and choose which type of box you want to receive and how often. It is so easy to reschedule, skip, or cancel. Wildgrain only uses clean ingredients such as unbleached and non-GMO flour, and they use slow sourdough fermentation process that's healthier for you and tastes better than anything in a grocery store. Trust me, guys, I got a box of this. I was a little apprehensive because of the frozen aspect of it. But it's not really frozen frozen. Like They just like cook it three quarters of the way, and then you finish it off in your oven, and it tastes so delicious. The croissants were better than most croissants that I can find in the best bakeries in New York 
or LA. I was blown away. And the chocolate chip cookies. Are you hungry yet? For a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash green eggs to start your subscription. That's right. Wildgrain.com slash green eggs. Or you can use the promo code green eggs at checkout. Okay, now we have to get to the questions that I ask every guest towards the end of oh, the yeah, episode. Um, okay, what is your earliest food memory? Earliest food? Dude, you know what's so funny is in Iran. And it's of, I don't know why, Asrunet. Do you know what Asrunet is? No. Asrunet is like something like you'd eat like a snack. It's, it's basically like a snack. And mm-hmm. in Iran, it'd be like honey. I mean, not honey. Like tea. Yeah. And like some like, like lavash bread, you know? Yeah, yeah. With some butter and honey and some nuts and, you know, like that whole. Yeah, just like a little. Like little spread. A little something. Like a little snack in the day. And I don't know why, but it was at our neighbor's house. And that's one of my, having that is one of my earliest memories. Interesting. Because I thought when I looked at your questions, I was like, what is it? And I was like, why does that one always come up to me? Interesting. And it's that. So it was know. like a lavash with some like butter and like. Like, was there like a... Yeah, like butter, honey, honey and, and some... Situation? Yeah, honey and mints and nuts, yeah. you know, and shit like that. And like, and a little bit of tea, you know, like you would have in the... Interesting. In the early afternoon or something. Yeah, there's some cool like Persian little snack uh, situations. Like, my grandfather was a, a huge fan of like, of like watermelon, feta, and mint. Oh my God, that's so good. That's like a watermelon salad you'd get at a restaurant. Now. Yeah. You know, that ex- those exact ingredients. Right. I mean, he was doing that back in the day before. Right. I mean, I'm starting to see them on menu now. Yeah. Menus now. I'm like, my grandpa. It's so delicious. It's such a good. It's the best. It's a very fun. But like combo. a really refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. Little thing. There's a lot of refreshing flavors in Persian food. Mm-hmm. Like um, there's a. Did you ever have a. Ooh, what was that? Sharabat al Balu? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so good. It's like a cold, like. It's a cherry, what, cherry yes. juice. I yes. mean, not cherry, cherry juice, but like a like a syrup. It's like a cherry syrup that you like dilute in water, yeah. and then it's or sekanjabine in some. Have you ever had sekanjabine? And like, I don't even know how to again? explain it. I, I haven't had it for years. But sekanjabine, this is another refreshing thing. So when you get like really hot, you get like spears of um, I don't know what kind of lettuce, like romaine, romaine, yeah, uh-huh. spears of romaine, and you dip it in sekanjabine, which is kind of like a sweet, like a. Like a, yeah, some sort of sweet syrup. I, Interesting. I honestly don't even know what it is. It's funny. I always feel like whenever I describe Persian foods that I'm like, this is the best thing ever. Yeah. And then you hear the description. And you're like, I don't understand. It's like cherry, cherry flavored, like, uh, it's like a cherry drink. Like, it's weird because so we're so removed it? from it. Like, yeah. I feel like we're so Americanized, you know, like you and I, especially yeah. that like, if I asked my mom, she would know what it is, but I don't, I never took the time to be like, what the hell is Sekhanjabin? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't even know what it is, but I know it's delicious. It's a great name. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's say you're on death row. Why would you be on death row? Okay. Here's <sighs> too many the, fish, man. You killed too many fish. Yeah. Actually, we almost got busted by the cops on the water. Oh, so Dan. Oh, that's <laughs> another funny story. So you need a fishing like This is the last fishing story, I swear to you. Uh, you need Dan, a fishing license before fishing. you get on the water. Someone's like hitting their steering wheel right now. Like, in traffic. I, thought, I thought the fishing was over. <laughs> so there I am inside the break wall again. <laughs> the guy God goes, damn it. He's making up these words again. Yeah. So the... Swells are reaching their projectile moment of of shimminess. God damn it. What the fuck is shimminess? <laughs> so, no, you need a license to fish. Yes. Yeah, you need a fishing license to license fish. License to fish. Uh, the unseen James Bond movie. Exactly. So I was like, Dan, uh, you know, my buddy JR, I took him out and we got stopped at Catalina Island by the fishing game. Yeah. So you might want to, you know, whatever. I was like, yeah, 
I go, it's up to you. You can gamble. We might not get stopped because, you know. Yeah. It's just, you know, gamble. So Dan goes, no, I'm going to get it. I'll get the license. Fuck it. On the way there. So he's online getting the life fishing license for the day or whatever. It's like 20 bucks. Yeah. So he gets it. And then we're out there. I'm like, see, yeah, probably no fishing game out here. It's a fucking crazy day. Boats aren't even out because it's so bad. And then all of a sudden we're fishing on the inside of the wall and there's three other boats there. And we see this gray boat going to all the other boats. And I go, oh shit, Dan, that's fishing game. So get ready. They're coming because they're checking everybody. And they get to the boat right before ours. They give the guy a ticket. Oh, yeah, right? he got a ticket. He got a ticket for whatever it was. Maybe he had a legal catch on the board. Yeah. And then they look over at us and then they take off. Yeah. They didn't even come to us. No. The two Middle Eastern guys in a boat. Yeah. Usually I get stopped and go, what kind of drugs are you running over here? <laughs> yeah. So you're on death row. You caught, you caught an illegal fish. By the way, a quick segue. I just want to say, I felt zero guilt about buying, or I felt, I, I didn't feel bad about buying that fishing license because there's actually, there's a law that was passed by like Teddy Roosevelt. I don't even remember what the name of the law is, but it's something that made it that all of the money that you give for your fishing license or your hunting license, and also um, part of the tax that you pay on like ammo all goes to conservation. Oh, they did away with that long ago. Oh, sorry. Under Herbert Hoover. Next I'm, topic. I'm joking. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> I wanted that. No, no, I'm kidding. Go ahead. No, but every penny of it goes through conservation. And there's yeah. like, literally, even if like they, they reach their budget and there's extra money, they can't take that money and put it towards anything else. It all has to go into conservation. Right. It's like one of the few like things where like government bureaucracy actually works like perfectly well. And because of that, hunters and fishermen actually yeah. give more money to environmental conservation than like every single environmental group combined. I agree with that. Yeah. And in the fishing community and the hunting community as a whole, they really want to protect the wildlife and you know what I mean? So like, they can beat the fuck yeah. out of it. No, but it's not. It's <laughs> like, it's all, you got to play by the rules. Yeah. Dude. You don't take a thousand fish out of the ocean. You know what I mean? Right. Like there's that, that's why there's limits for a reason and they keep an eye on it. You know, they, the marine biologists and all that, they keep an eye on the levels of, you know, yeah. what's overpopulated, what's underpopulated, and they make restrictions based off that. Yeah. The more you know. Okay, what's <laughs> your death row meal? You're on death row. I thought about this one too. I go, okay, death row meal, and I'm a, a huge seafood guy. Okay? Yeah. So I'd probably start off, and I want- Oh, do you no, like fishing? Do you have any fishing stories for us? Yeah, let me tell you, dude. One time I was with my buddy- <laughs> Dan and God, Duke, Dan and Duke. God damn it. I almost got lost at sea. <laughs> And the, and the, fishing license and the waves were making a pressuring. You know what I mean. <laughs> no, listen. So I love seafood as I'm talking about shellfish. I don't care. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I love shellfish. I love like lobster, crab, um, oysters, mussels. The best. Clams. Mm. Now, I would start with, because death row meal, you want it to be the longest meal you have. Yeah. So you go, I would say, okay, bring me. Seafood Tower. Seafood Tower. You know what I'm saying? I love it. <laughs> seafood Tower. I want a nice meaty oyster. You know what's like, I don't, are you an oyster guy? Love. I love oysters. Yeah. I like the little ghetto ass, like fat. Oh, the big briny the, ones. The, the, like, big briny. Big briny. Shit gulf yeah. oyster, you <laughs> the know? The gulf one? Yeah, yeah it's like exactly. a big loogie in your yeah. mouth. <laughs> just a disgusting It's fat. like mud. Yeah, it's like a mud one that they just like <laughs> sell in a bag and it's some like Greasy guy just fucking <laughs> shucking it with his sweat going in there. Right, right, right. He like cuts his hand. From the he VA. doesn't give a fuck. 
<laughs> this is I'm disgusting. The He's got band-aids all over. It's funny that I, it's funny because I was I was one time I was in um Maryland with the, my girlfriend at the time and, uh-huh. and we went to the VA for like some some oyster shuck thing and it was like this like Vietnam vet guy like with like a and he was literally sweating into the fucking oyster. It was like disgusting, dude. And he was like, ugh, like it was, Let me tell you about Nam. Yeah, it's it like, hey, can you just wash your hands before yeah, you tell me about Nam? Please don't sweat in my oyster anymore, sir. Sir, <laughs> thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. Every time he talks about the Viet Cong, it just gets sweatier and more like <sighs> agitated. Yeah, it was disgusting. Anyway, <laughs> I love I love oysters, so I would ask for some, you know, those shitty little little bay o- whatever Gulf oysters. Yeah, I would get that on the tower, right? I'd yeah. get lobster. Uh, yeah, I don't like cold lobster to be honest. Okay. So I'd get a crab, crab legs on there. Oh yeah, king crab legs. Oh mama. I'd get a uh, cocktail shrimp. Mm-hmm. Nice mm-hmm. Fat prawns. Mm-hmm. I would have, um, again, mussels and clams. I don't like cold. I get that clams. Raw clams are are gross. funky. I don't They're like hard. That. Raw mussels are gross. You don't eat raw, raw mussels. mussels. I don't think they do. that. I don't think you do that. You're no, right. I think you're, someone. You're, I think the VA was I fucking think with they you. At the VA. Me. No, I was like <laughs> raw because it's disgusting. Just yeah. eat it. This is but how raw we have to do it are... in our foxhole. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess we'll have the. <laughs> raw clams are disgusting. I don't like the taste at all. Yeah, raw clams are tough. What else is on a seafood tower? The crab, well, on the seafood. crab meat we discuss. You got uh, you got your crab meat. Uh, might have a scallop. Oh yeah, scallop. No, I don't like cold scallops either. Oh really? Are you a cold scallop guy? I can I can get I down with like, a, like a scallop ceviche. I can do. Okay. I can have fun with that. Um, Great. So that's it. I'd get a seafood tower to start. To start. Right then, I would go with a tomahawk. Oh, yeah. And I would, this is another thing to extend it out. Tomahawk steak. Yeah, tomahawk ribeye. Smoked on, yeah, smoked on, on the Traeger. And the I have, Traeger! And I want to watch the smoking process as part of this. Oh, so this is like a five-hour. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like a whole thing. I want to watch them smoking. Yeah, all right. You know, because it's a part of my, it's a religious experience for me. Because I think that's like a loophole, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know if it is, but if yeah. they go, it's part of my religion. It's just my last rite. <laughs> I have to watch the small cup of the meat. Meanwhile, you're taking all the pebbles out from behind the poster. Yeah, in Andy Dufresne style. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Andy doesn't come around here anymore. Oh. <laughs> I don't think it takes 12 hours to smoke a tomahawk. No, the way I do it, it does. Yeah, the way that this religious purposes do work. Right. Can I tell you a story about fishing while we wait? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I would get this uh, uh, smoked. Yes. Okay, for a few hours, because mm-hmm. it's a fat one. It's yeah. a really nice marbleized. Three inches, yeah. Three inch fat. Those take a little aged. longer to it's reverse. It's aged it. for 60 days, which you want to be there I for the be part aging of, process. Yeah. I got to be a part of the <laughs> aging process. This is my last meal. It's not just any old meal. No. It's not a drive through meal. It's the last meal. Yeah. So I would say I want to be there for the smoking process. Yeah. So we're there. We're hanging out, you know. And I'm watching, I'm getting my appetite back because I just had a fucking seafood tower. Yeah. I just had a whole seafood tower. So I got to mm. wait a few hours mm-hmm. for the thing to smoke because we're going to reverse sear it on a cast iron. Like how I do it at home. Yes. Okay. So we get a hot cast iron mm-hmm. that I want to heat up. I'm kidding. <laughs> no. So then, yeah, just on a, you know, a, a nice reverse sear on it. Right. Yeah. So we get that smoke going. So we mm. get the flavor and the little nice little smoke. What is it called? The ring. Smoke ring. Yeah. And then, um, then put it on that, that, uh. On a cast hot, iron. Hot cast iron. Sear, crust. Crust on the outside. Mm. And then take it off and I would enjoy that. I'd enjoy that. And I'd actually, at, the, at this point, I would ask for a lobster tail. Ah. You know, to accompany this, a little surf end. And they're going to be like, sir, I thought you said you didn't want lobster. I said not cold. Oh. <laughs> I said not cold. And also, um, I would like a little bit of like, uh, 
what do you call it? What is the butter that you get? Um, oh, like a, like a uh, clarified butter. Clarified butter. Yeah. There you go. Bolo. Yeah. So anyway, I would have my lobster tail, a little surf and turf. Yeah. A little surf and turf with the, uh, with the tomahawk. Clarified butter. And, tomahawk. and then when I was done, mm. but they wouldn't know this. So when the lobster was cooking and I was eating the tomahawk steak. Yeah. They wouldn't know that I'd already cut off the tomahawk part of it, the bone. Oh. And I've been slowly sharpening it. Oh my God. The sea. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Oh yeah, Dan. And I'm slowly sharpening this tomahawk underneath of the thing, right? You're turning it into a shiv. Yeah. But at the same time, after I finished my lobster and I'm doing, cause I'm eating with this hand. So they don't know what's going on with yeah. my right hand. My right hand's been sharpening a fucking tomahawk bone. Right. So I'm eating the lobster, right? The lobster's almost finished. And I'm doing this with my mouth. Yeah. So yeah. I go, can I get a cappuccino please? I'd ask for a cappuccino. This is the last meal. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. I would like a cappuccino, please. Oat milk, if you have it. They have to have it, you know? Oat milk, if you have it. <laughs> and a tiramisu. A tiramisu <laughs> from uh, Milan. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I would make it further. I was going to say the fucking whatever. Uh, Gelson, no, no. God damn it. Gelson's. Yeah, you were going to really class it up. Let's yeah, not Gelson's. From Gelson's. No, there's a place right here. What's the one Fairfax and uh, Bristol Farms? Bristol Farms. They have the best tiramisu. Okay. okay yes, that's what, that's what every uh, Everybody every says. Italian grandma will always tell you. <laughs> the best tiramisu. Oh, yeah, I was going to get, get the tort from fucking uh, the tiramisu tort from Trader Joe's. Okay, yeah. What if I would have said that? Yeah, yeah. That would you better. have shamed me more on this Much podcast? Better. No, no, no. That's good. Okay. So the... Bristol Farms tiramisu. Please yeah. bring me one of those. Yeah. With the whole milk from Oatly. Yeah. That Oatly. I believe just got recalled. <laughs> yes. Did I'd like the recalled one because I like playing Russian roulette with my oat milk. I'm going to die anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Who gives a shout? Right? Who gives a shout? I'm going to die anyway. Give me the recalled Oatly oat milk. Yeah. For my cappuccino. All right. Excuse me, I'm going to die anyway. Give me the recalled Oatly I'd ask him That's for punching Rosetta. laterally. Italian accent is punching lateral. Yeah, and I'd punching go give straight. me a, while I'm eating this. Put on Rosetta Stone Italiano, <laughs> because before I die, I would like to know a little Italian, right? And not just because my whole life, and I tell this to the warden. I say, warden, my whole life, I've been speaking Spanish with an Italian right. accent. Right. Meanwhile, uh, he's hearing this the whole time, and he's like, "What's that yeah. sound under the table?" <laughs> You're like, I, what, no, what are, you, what are you talking about, Or There's no sound. And then you like try to make that sound with your mouth to be like, yeah. oh, yeah, I'm just making that sound with I my mouth. Something stuck in my something throat. Something stuck in my throat. <laughs> then, yeah, so then I would have the tiramisu, sip on the cappuccino slowly, all the while I'm sharpening this thing. Yeah. And then at the very end of the meal, I'm going to go, could I have the check, please? And you're going to be like, what do you mean? I said, what do you mean? What do I mean? It's a meal, right? I just assume I'm paying for it. Who's going to pay for it? The taxpayers? And he goes, no, it's your last meal. This is just one of your things that we do. And I'd be like, hold on. And at that point, I would pull out the bone. Okay, wait. So you say, hold on. You don't just pull it out and stab. Well, you say, hold on. <laughs> now, hold on. And you reveal. The bone that's sharpened. Giving them enough time to react. Yeah. And so then they, they shoot you. See, I didn't think that far, Dan. <laughs> you shouldn't have said, hold on. I should have just pulled it out and started killing people. Yes. What, am I an animal? <laughs> yes. I'm you're not on, an animal. You have death row. You have it in you. All right. Yeah, so I, but I would uh, threaten. Okay. I'd be like, give me an appeal. Give me an appeal. 
Yeah, on ass appeal. You know, like that guy. Oh, no, it wasn't even me. Right. You know that. <laughs> right. Okay. So you get your appeal. I go they, back. They I get say another you're still meal. guilty. <laughs> and then you somehow get another death row meal. Yes. What's the second death row meal? Dude, that's the thing. <laughs> because you got to think. There, you know, some guy's been eating his death row meal. And then they go, hey, whoop, you got a pardon or some bullshit, right? right? That's how that's how to happen. Right. And they go, hey, you know, they extend people's thing. Yes. Like the, the, guy, the guy's going to get murdered in seven hours. And they go, oh, we got to hold. Yeah. We, we got to, you know, whatever yeah, they call hold it. For, hold for the plane. Like how when you're shooting on a set. <laughs> hold. There's a plane. No, but you know what I'm saying? They <laughs> yes. have that where they go. Stay of execution. Stay of execution. Yes. Thank you so much, Dan. <laughs> a stay of execution. So yeah. that's happened. So now what happens? You've already had the last meal. Right. Do not get the last meal. Last meal. Right. Mm. Whoa. That's Whoa, man. What is the last meal? Oh, shit, bro. <laughs> oh, man. Um, what is the best high-end meal that you have ever had? Mm-hmm. Best high-end meal. You asked for worst, too, though. I or thought. worst. Because immediately you, that came to my mind. Okay. Because I looked over your thing when you sent me the text. Yeah. And I thought, best meals, we've all had good best meal. Mm. Right? Yeah. Like, we go to some restaurants or, you know, you might be on tour Everyone wants to take you to the best restaurant in yeah. town. Like, I remember I was in Beirut. That was a really good one. It was like some seafood place on the water. I forget the name of the restaurant, but it was so good. Everything was just laid Bubba out right there. Was it Bubba Gump in Beirut? Bubba Gump Beirut. Bubba yeah. Gump Beirut. <laughs> it was Bubba Gump Beirut. It was so good, but their location was amazing. <laughs> right. No, but it was like, just like we get to do that, you know? Yeah. As stand-ups, like it's when you go, cool. like people are excited to have you, so they want to take you to their favorite restaurant. So I've had a lot of like those dope meals. Yeah. But one I remember that was like supposed to be, you know, like really nice, you know, like this is a Wagyu beef, you know. Yeah. This is a fucking $300 steak. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. it was like, it was in Calgary. Okay. Canada. Yeah. And we we're doing this casino gig. Mm-hmm. Me, Adam Ray, I believe Craig Conant was on it. Mm-hmm. And one other comic, I forget, maybe not even another comic. Anyways, we're they're taking us to the meal before we do the show. Yeah. In the I big hate season. eating before the show. Dude, and they, they don't realize yeah. that you can't eat a big meal before you perform. You just become slow. You, you know, it's, it's like you're digesting. Your blood's all in your stomach. Now I'm supposed to be sharp. Yes. You know, and, and it's it's literally like we're cutting it to where the show's at 8. We're having dinner at 7. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, like 6.30. Yeah. And they're like, no, it's right here. It's right there. Like, we just walk <laughs> over. I go, it's not about walking over. It's not about it. It's about eating digestion. <laughs> and then performance. Right? A hundred percent. So they have a sitting down. It's one of those fucking tapenyaki places. Oh, okay. So it's like a Japanese it's steakhouse. A Japanese it's steakhouse. a Benihana type situation. The people that own it, fucking lovely. I love them. They're great people. Yeah. You know, always sweet to me. And and so they wanted to treat us at the at the restaurant. Uh-huh. And they're like, you got to get the Wagyu steak. Oh, boy. So they're pulling out all the stuff. They're doing, yeah. And it's like $300 a steak, $280 a steak, whatever the fuck it is. Right. So they're like, no, I'll get one. You know, y'all get one. And, you know, I don't even like a meat that's that fucking marbleized. Yeah, you know Wagyu I mean? is intense. It, it's too they five much. stuff. You want one bite and you're done. I, thank you. So yeah. they should have been like, dude, get one for the fucking three of you. Don't yeah. everyone get one. Right. So now we have $800 worth of fucking steak on the table. <laughs> Jesus. You know, and it's like, uh, we're, we're performing in fucking 45 minutes. Right, right. You know, and I'm going to eat this fucking grease, oh, fat, I, fat fuck. You eat that, and you need to hibernate Listen for like three days. to me, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> You're so, like, get me a tomahawk ribeye. You start turning the bone. 
<laughs> into a knife under the teppanyaki table. Exactly. <laughs> so we're sitting there, they're, they're shooting the shit, and, you know, and that, that's always uncomfortable, too, when you're with the people and they're looking at you to be funny, and they're like, well, they're not really being funny. Oh, my God, I'm dying. You know, and then they think everything's a joke. Yeah. You know, you're like, could he pass the sugar? <laughs> no, pass the, pass the fucking sugar! <laughs> it's not a joke. You know, so they're oh. waiting for us to tell jokes, and we're just like, uh, we're thinking about like, oh man, we're gonna eat all this food, and we're gonna. And they're like fun. jolly Canadians. They're great people. Yes. That's, that's the bad part. Yeah. I mean, they don't know. They're drinking and getting fucked up, and they don't. You know, I got to go do an hour in about ten minutes. <laughs> you know, an hour of stand up. Right. And so they're, you know, we're we're whatever. We're getting all the, and they're bringing out everything, all the appetizers, and it's got it's a sushi place too, so they have rolls coming out. So we're already full. Yeah. And then the meat hasn't even fucked. The guy hasn't even cooked the fucking meat yet. Oh my god! So then he puts the, sh this, the the meat out, and we're like, "Oh my god!" And we're doing a big show of it, and we get our food. The food comes. Me and Craig. Craig's like, "Oh my god! I've never had a steak like this." Adam Ray's like, uh, you know, he 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 doesn't care." Like I felt bad to be like, "I'm not gonna now. I gotta feel like I gotta eat this whole thing. It's a yeah. hundred dollar steak. I and can't he's there eat. right next to you watching. The guy's there. Yeah, I don't want. And Adam didn't give a shit, which is I respect the hell out of him. Right. He's like, dude, I'm performing. I'm not gonna eat this whole thing. He starts like <laughs> right. shoving the meat under the under his plate, like a little bit, like under the bowl that's on the hiding it that he's like not gonna eat it. Right. And me and Craig are going, <laughs> oh, it's good, but it's like after one bite, like you said, it's huh. it's like you bite it. And then grease just goes like yeah. like fat just goes bitch yeah bleh, all the way down your throat and you're just right. now sitting in a greased stomach yeah you need of, like you need to take like a shot of Drano after to like clear your your trachea esophagus 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 sorry a different hole <laughs> <laughs> so dude we eat this me and Craig are looking at each other like dude we can't do this Adam has had one bite right like a G he's like I'm fine I'm fine I'm like look and his plate has all the meat like stuffed to one corner. Why didn't I think of that? Why the fuck didn't I think of that? I'm sick. So you turn into the Godfather. Yeah, I go, I go, bring your microphone. Why did you do this to me? <laughs> it was bad, bro. We were both, me and Craig, stomach sick. Yeah. Now we got to go to the bathroom. Oh, yeah. Like, and I hate to get gross on this podcast. Food podcast. Remember, it's a food podcast. Yeah, and You've I apologize. You turned everyone away with the fishing stories, and now yeah. it's a poop story coming, everyone. I'm so sorry to just, bother you guys. press that plus 15 second thing. Do you have a poop story button on this podcast? You know how some some, some podcasts have a, a cough button where you push it and it quiets it? We have a poop story podcast. Okay, so you go to the bathroom. I'm starting to get delusional because it's starting to get hot. <laughs> no, all right. So we go. Yeah, so now we're like got the show and we're just, my stomach's rumbling. Craig's stomach's rumbling, dude. And. Adam's up there. Adam goes up first. It's Adam, Craig, and I'm closing out the show. Adam's having a great time. Adam's he's up got there. a leftover oh, Adam's steak up there crushing, waiting dude. for him. Yeah, he's doing all sorts of acrobatics on stage. Yeah, he feels he's fresh. Doing, he's doing a triple lutz. He's yeah. not even on the ice. And then so it's yeah, Craig just had an awful time because he was like literally in the bathroom up until he had to go on stage. And right. Then, and then I went up and you know, you did great. I'm sure. I destroyed. I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, it was just one of those, you know, sets where you're just thinking like, I shouldn't have done that. I right. shouldn't have ate that you, much food. You feel awful inside. Yeah, in the stomach and, and uh, whatever. But that was, that was one I remember. And I was like, dude, I'm not a fan of Wagyu. And yeah. people, they always want to shove it down your throat. Yeah. You know, like at rest, nice red places. Like, you got to get this. It's like, no, I don't. Yeah. I've had a lot of experiences with, with the Wagyu, with the A5. And it's, you literally want one bite and that's it. Right. And that's fine. I think like. You should have a skirt steak or a ribeye, whatever, and then like as a special thing, one bite, one bite, literally one bite. Who literally. can eat? Who can eat a whole steak of that? Fucking, I don't know. It's like a 
And then, Har- I imagine Harvey Weinstein's like, give me, <laughs> give me, give me the white goose side of beef. Oh. And I don't mean her. And I don't mean her. Um, how did we get into Harvey Weinstein? I'm sorry. Listeners, uh, we're taking you on an adventure today. Um, and now we're going to take you to Amir's best or worst low-end meal that you've ever had. So this can be a street taco. It can be a... Yeah. Best or worst. Yeah, the the one place that comes to mind always, that it's like my go-to like hole-in-the-wall place that I love. And it's not... I wouldn't consider it low-end because it's really good quality food. Yeah. It's this place in, in Orange where I grew up, in the city of Orange. Okay. Called Tacos Jalisco. Tacos Jalisco. Yeah, and that's in, it's in Orange County, right? Okay. And it's this little hole-in-the-wall place that is still there. I just went there uh-huh. um, a few days ago. I took my uh, my girlfriend. I was like, oh, this is where I grew up. You know, showed her around. And it's like this place where the tacos, you know, were like 99 cents. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like they're just little street tacos. And, and it's so good. The food is unbelievable. The recipes mm-hmm. are absolutely incredible. And their salsas are so delicious and fresh every day. And it's that place. Tacos everything, everything is is amazing. And the tacos now, even with all the inflation, after all these years, I went back, it's like 150 a taco. Yeah. Like we left there and we both ate all this food and it was 20 bucks. And mm-hmm. my girl was like, what the fuck? Coming from LA where, you know, you get one taco at a taco Tuesday and it's like 18 bucks. Right. No inflation at Taco Jalisco. Um, do you have a favorite drunk food? A favorite drunk food? Um, yeah, I guess it would be a pizza, a really trashy pizza from yeah. Domino's. Ooh, from Domino's. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, uh, you know, like the Canadians have poutine or some shit. That's yeah. disgusting. Even when I'm drunk, poutine is fucking gross. Hmm, Are you a poutine guy? I'm a huge poutine guy. Get out of my office. <laughs> <laughs> poutine, for those of you who don't know, is French fries with gravy and cheese curds. And you can, you can gussy it up with different things. It can be a curry version. You can have fun with it. Uh, Amir, apparently. I hate it. I hate it like, even. And I went with your brother. My God. In Montreal. I'm in Montreal. Your brother. Yeah, you somehow, um, me and Dave get together. Uh-huh. This is so funny. Yeah, we're in Montreal and we go. I, I want to say he was with me or am I misremembering? I don't know. I was drunk. And that's why <laughs> this is uh, not so good drunk. I don't food. even have a brother. I don't know what you're what? talking Wait about. Wait a minute. Who is this man I've been talking to? <laughs> So yeah, I, I believe I was with Dave and okay. we were at that, at this poutine place in Montreal and we waited and like 45 minutes to get in, you know, like yeah. this, every drunk person standing I in I know line. that place. It's like, I forget the name, but it's like, they have like 20 different versions of there poutine, There you go. Right? Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So that, I was there with Dave and it was just disgusting. After, and talk about one bite. Yeah. It was like one of those situations. And it's so funny. They tried to do one here in LA. Right. Like LA is a certain type of place for the listeners that aren't from here that mm. like, when you try to do like a, a trap, like a food that's not good for you. Yeah. It better be fucking amazing. Like right. it better be so good. <laughs> right. That people come and they give up their cheat day for this thing. Right. Right. You know, you this can't is- just have a willy nilly and not be that great poutine <laughs> play. They try to do it right here in Hollywood. Yeah. Off of Selma and Hollywood Boulevard. Uh-huh. Right where Trejo's Tacos is. Yes, yes. Right there. Danny Trejo's uh, mediocre tacos. Me- horrible, horribly salty tacos. Yes. Yeah, over sodium so- tacos, yeah. whatever, whatever. We're on the same page with that. That's yeah. great. And wait a second, character actors can't make good <laughs> restaurants. I honestly think he he got the place to park a couple of his classic cars. I'm 100%. not kidding because his classic cars are always there, and it's like he owns two of the spots or something. And I think that's the only reason <laughs> right. he has the place. Right. Because the tacos are. Uh, shit. Danny, we got to your parking spots, but there's also a taco restaurant. I need something to- for my '53 Cadillac. So yeah, that place opened up, the poutine place. Yeah. 
garbage poutine to begin with. The worst. The worst. And it, and it came in like this little little paper cup container. They're trying to make it like like back home. Yeah. And it shut down within a month. Wow. Yeah. Not going to have a cheat day for that shitty poutine. Yeah, shit poutine. So what's my favorite drunk food is a shit pizza. A shit pizza from Domino's. From Domino's. A thin crust extravaganza if you need to know. Ooh. What is extravaganza? It's basically the works. It's got everything. Extravaganza. Yeah. Nice thin crust. My God. It's it's like Gatsby took over Domino's for a day. (laughs) We'll call it the extravaganza. Got them all in. We usually call it the works. No. The extravaganza. (laughs) All right. Fine. Fine, Gatsby. Don't you have like an oil business or something? Never mind you. (laughs) Now, now I have this Domino's franchise. (laughs) 30 minutes or it's free. <laughs> um, do you have a hangover cure? Is there a special hangover cure that you uh, look hey, for? More booze. <laughs> more booze? No, You're a no, hair of the dog person? I don't do that. I yeah. don't, do you do that? No, I hate it. Yeah, that's like the last thing I want. There's Literally those nights where you go, I'll never drink again. Yeah. And I can't think of any booze, but a hangover cure. They always say something greasy, you know, like a burger or something like that. Yeah. I think that's just an excuse to... To just fucking keep being a disgusting human being. Yeah, true. And I think that, um, honestly, I it doesn't do well for me. Like, after the, I eat a burger, I just feel more sick. Yeah. And so, uh, for me, I think a hangover cure is just, I kind of take it easy the next day. I don't really eat. You know it's a great hangover cure for what, you? What is it? Wagyu beef. <laughs> That's, yeah, that would just a big make me throw up instantly. <laughs> Wagyu beef. Uh, who's your favorite celebrity food personality? Like this can be an Anthony Bourdain mm-hmm. type or a whatever, just a celebrity chef. My favorite celebrity <laughs> chef. I don't really follow those guys too much, like the Bobby Flays and the whatever, yeah, whatever. But I like role. from the looks of him and the energy he has. I know people shit on him a lot, but Guy Fieri. A lot of people like Guy Fieri. No, but a lot of people shit on him. Oh, but I think everyone shits on him. Yeah, I know that. But but I think he he's such a guy that found his niche and like loves what he does, yeah. and it's like so apparent when you watch him. Yeah, that like I I appreciate and respect guys that do that. So I, I think also he think would, that the tide is turning on Guy Fieri. People are like, because like he secretly is like the most philanthrop- philanthropic guy yeah. in the world. Like he just gives money to every cause and never. Like anytime there's like a big forest fire, yeah. he like pulls up with like five trucks and he's like, hey, I'm Guy Fieri. Here's some free fucking uh, uh, barbecue sandwiches, <laughs> you know, like and doesn't get any press, like doesn't bring cameras or anything. Like right. he's just constantly like, like a very giving person. Um, What is the desert island food? So you're trapped on a desert island. You okay. have one food you have to eat for the rest of your life. You're never going to get tired of it. Uh, Persian food. It's got to be Persian food. Really? Yes. Interesting. Um. You seem like you beg to differ. No, I don't. I don't. Well, I do not beg to differ. It's it's interesting. I've never thought about it. Yeah, for me, it's it's Persian food. It's like I don't know why, but I do know why. I just love you know when you whatever you grew up on. Right. It's just something that and, and it, Persian food's a thing that like I don't know if you're the same way with me. It's hard to take someone to it because everyone's so afraid of it that doesn't know it. Right. You know because the stews look crazy. Yeah. You know and they think of fucking Indiana Jones and the snake. You know like yeah. That, I don't know why that always comes up. Although Persian snake stew is my favorite. <laughs> and everyone, yeah, whenever they ask me, they go, what is that? I go, lamb cock. You know, like I always make up some gross thing, like when they're right. asking. But I go, dude, it's just like a bunch of vegetables and some kidney beans. Yeah. You know, with a little beef, stewed beef in there. Yeah. I'm talking about gourmet samsi, of course. I do think Persian food is probably the most, inter- one of the most inter- misunderstood cuisines uh, in America. And I do think people like think it's going to be like Indian food, but it's not. Yeah, uh, I don't want anything not, spicy. And they yeah. do that. And it's like hard. I don't know why I have such an ego about when I take someone to the food. I go, it's not fucking spicy. <laughs> you know, I get mad at them because, but they don't know. So 
God, I'm sorry, sir. Uh, I just entered your ad on Airbnb experiences I go, but this, to, try per- <laughs> to try Persian food. Airbnb, and I'm taking them. <laughs> yeah. And I go, but we have to go fishing after this. All right. Uh, we only have a half hour. Shut up. Yeah. Well, you free, free up the rest of your day. Yeah. We can need to get up to the sandbars because the swells are going to hit the smiggies. <laughs> <laughs> Persian food, uh, the way I always describe it to people is that it's Indian food, but substitute uh, spices with herbs. Yeah. That's an easy way to describe it, I think. Yeah, I, say, I always say like a lot of meats, a lot of rices. Yeah. Rice and different types of rices and a lot of stews and stewed beefs and lamb. Yeah. And-, and good, I mean, it's like, it's funny, like, because... It's one of the, I, I, I think it might be one of the few food cultures that doesn't come from poverty. Like a lot of the other food cultures come from poverty. Italian food is like, there was a famine. We had yeah. one onion and one little yeah. pork pig's foot and we had to make a meal out of it. Yeah. And like those recipes live on. Persian food is like, we were like an empire. We took over the world and we ate yeah. well. And, and so we that's why I think when you go to like herbs. a Persian house, like the spread is so like gargantuan yeah. and like very like lavish. Like, and it's all like lots of meat and lots of, you know, like they don't skimp out on the proteins. Right. Yeah. I, I love Persian food, man. From And there's so much different things that, uh, you know, from the tatting in the beginning to yeah. the Shirazi salad to like, you know. The, uh, Even the breads. I think Persian breads are some of the Sangak best breads shit, in the like, world. If it wasn't so bad for you, I would just eat that all day. Like literally I would eat that all day. There's, yeah. Sangak is like a flatbread. It's very thin and they cook it over little tiny rocks. In like a brick oven, right? Um, or is that what it is? It's because it's, it's cooked on the rocks. It's on the sangax. It's on, right. it's on the little tiny. They heat up. In America, they don't really use the rocks anymore because they can like get in your teeth. And then you have to go to the dentist. But uh, in Iran, they like heat up these fucking rocks and they cook the bread on top of it. So you have these little divots in it. Right, right, right. And so it creates like more surface area that's getting heated up. So it has this cr- really good crisp crunch on it. Mm. There's, there's this, I don't know if you've ever had them, those little crispy ones. I'm sure you've had actually. Which They're one? Like multi-seed or they have like the, just the regular sesame seed one where it's like little Sangak crisps. Oh, yes. That's a new thing that they're doing. And, and it's, they're addictive as hell. Like, dude, yeah, they're so good. It's like the Sangak version of pita chips. Yeah, exactly. And they're so delicious. They're man. ridiculous. Those can take over the world. That can be, and that I can advertise. Yeah. Unlike to- Togarashi, my Liberashi Togarashi. Yeah, sa- Dangak. Dangak. Oh my God, dude. I think we oh, came up with hello, it. Sharks. Dangak crisps. Hello, Sharks. We're seeking $100,000 for 5% of our company, Dangak crisps. And for that reason, I'm out. <laughs> Wait, let me finish. <laughs> Excuse me, what was the name? Dangak crisps. I go and for viral. that reason, I'm out. I go viral on YouTube as the quickest Shark Tank fucking tragedy. <laughs> Just you walking out. At shit, with the Sangak like outfit on, you know, and they go, get out, get out. Yeah. yeah like I would like turn around all awkwardly cause it's like too big of a Sangak. Outfit. And you can't fit through the door. You go, and your Chris like ships off. Excuse me, uh, Mr. Mr. Cuban. Mark uh, Burnett, can you help me out of the door? Mr. Wonderful. Mr. Wonderful. I said I'm out. I know, but I'm trying to get out and I can't get <laughs> Uh, is there a food that you can't stand eating? Something that you hate? Uh, I can't stand like heavily garlic, heavy garlic stuff. I just don't like garlic in anything really. Really? And I think that's because my dad would never put garlic in anything when we were growing up. He was always worried about his breath with the garlic thing. I know you love garlics. I do love garlics. Yeah. But yeah. like that, and I'm trying to think of like something I cannot stand. 
oh, like seaweedy shit too. Like in the oh, like really? seaweedy type of like stuff from like a sushi place, you know, anything that's like super fishy, yeah. oily fish, anchovy, sardines, stuff like that. Interesting. The fisherman Mackerel. doesn't like fishy no. fish. How interesting. Like, the fisherman doesn't like fishy fish on a fish fish on the fish flesh. But is his fish, are his fish fricks hard for his fish fricks hard? <laughs> Does that make sense or a tongue twister? A hundred percent it makes. I guess it makes sense. It bums me out. I wish you, I wish I could expand your fish horizons. Yeah, like you like like full gras and shit like that. Like fucking cooked yeah. in a duck's gut and cut oh. out of his belly and then put in his throat again yeah. and then cut off. <laughs> You know, it's like, fuck, how much do you have to torture this poor fucking thing? And then I was like, oh, it's so good. Yes, it's so much better if you eat it in front of his carcass. Yeah, and then we so shoved it up his butt, and then we cut it out again, and then we gave it to his kid. It's like, what? There are very <laughs> weird things like that. Like, like there's this French technique of cooking chicken yeah. where you cook it in a pig's bladder. It's like, leave it's him like, alone. Why? What's wrong with just roasting the chicken? And you know that's from the Renaissance or some yeah. shit, and they did it. Like, Bring oh. me the piss yeah. bag of this pig. <laughs> yeah. I will cook my chicken in it. Yeah. Um, what, uh, last question, which is my favorite question. What is your restaurant pet peeve? Oh, my God. I didn't even see this one on oh, there. Oh, it's my favorite. Is it a secret question? This is a secret question, man. You made it to the end. Oh, boy. My restaurant pet peeve. What bothers you at a restaurant? And it's so funny because... A, Iranian restaurants, Persian restaurants, they have the worst service. Yes. Notoriously. Yeah. Actually, Rafi's has gotten better, but it's because there's no Iranians actually serving. Yeah. Iranians <laughs> are not people of service. They're, They're not, not people of service. They don't give a fuck. No. And they don't care, especially here, you know, maybe yeah. in Iran it's different, but here there's like, it's like Europe, you know, where like, because tipping is not a thing either, so they don't give a shit. Like yeah. when you go to Italy. Yeah. And you go, can I get some more bread? Like, what the fuck? You know? They, it's not a service type of thing. <laughs> right. That's my biggest pet peeve when the service is just absolute shit. Yeah. Um, specifics? Any specifics of bad service that bother you? Uh, oh, okay. If a waiter sits, like when they're not attentive and shit, but mm -hmm. then they come and they do the whole sales pitch. And I used to be a waiter, so I'm not, you know, shitting on any waiter. Yeah. But when they come and they try to be like, oh, like sit in your booth. You know yeah. that one, oh, that yeah, move yeah. where they sit down and go, okay, so what can I, like, like get the fuck out of my booth, dude. We're not friends. You know, I agree with you. Can I get, what can I start off with? If we want, I can start off with you getting out of my booth. <laughs> you know, like like that's big, big pet peeve for me when they try to be super friendly or they kneel at the table and they go, yeah. okay, and then it's just so phony. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't like that. I agree with you. The one place that I give it a pass. Yeah, and I'm not saying this in a pervy way, but they do that at Hooters. <laughs> and they do, and to you're me, a pervert, it's man. so Cancel funny. That. No, it, it's because it's more funny to me. Yeah, because you're like, you know, that they like. This is part of their corporate thing is right. like sit down with the guests so that these lonely guys can feel like some sort of feminine attention in their orbit. And they're just like, it's so funny to me like that. They'll just how like, is, how is, how are they still in business in this day and age? You know, like, like the, their outfits and stuff, like they have to wear that. It's the one it's Hooters is the one place that is impervious to any, any like, you know, like uh, the, the movement of like equality or whatever. It's mm -hmm. like, no, it's always going to be women that and the word cleaning lady. Why is cleaning lady still, why has that not changed? You're right. <laughs> cleaning lady is, it's totally acceptable for fucking Michelle Obama to be like, oh, my cleaning lady is coming by tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone can say it. That's so true. That and a Hooters waitress is going to sit at your table and make <laughs> you feel like a million bucks <laughs> when things aren't going is that, that well. Is uh, that your biggest pet peeve? What? Is that, no, I don't mind it. I don't oh, okay. mind the Hooters girl. I think it's, 
Oh, you I were just giving an example. That's no, I very- think it's very funny. I think it's funny that they do that. Like, that's like, because you know that it's like part of their like corporate credo. It's like, okay, like in our training, it's like day three of training. It's like yeah. how to sit down at the table and make the lonely, like loser contractor feel good about himself. That's crazy. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm your okay. Tell the people where they can find you. Guys, you can find me at Dan's house eating sardines. <laughs> Monday through Thursday. Friday we take off. No, you can find me at, at Amir Comedy on all social media platforms. Uh, I have a podcast. Actually, we're in the studio at the moment recording mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. So if you like the sounds of this and the sounds of my voice and you like talking about various things and sometimes fishing, not always, <laughs> oh my. subscribe oh to boy. my podcast, Salty Locks with Amir K. Yeah. Really, Dan, and I got to have you on. Like, I don't normally have a guest, but this, I love talking to you. Yeah, I'd like to have you on. Show up tomorrow at 4 a.m. <laughs> Wear no pants. And Dan gets to my house and he goes, you should have a list of the stuff I needed to bring. <laughs> um, and also, I can't, I can't recommend enough seeing Amir live. Uh, he is one of my favorite comedians. He is probably the most, this is, and it's funny because I'm hearing this come out of my mouth and it's like, this doesn't sound like a compliment, but you know what I mean. He's probably one of the most interesting comedians to watch because it's always very different and weird and exciting and dynamic and it always changes (laughs) and I love it. And it's so fucking funny. I love you, Dan. Um, Thank you so much. And can I tell a quick story about you and me? Love stories. We met at this bar. I'm kidding. Uh, (laughs) We were were out on the seven seas. No, 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 no. This is is a story I told when you were in the audience, you and your girlfriend at the time and Dave. Yeah. And it's about when I started comedy. Yeah. Before I started stand up, there was a gentleman that came on Comedy Central that I saw on TV. I was watching in my, in my place in Huntington Beach. I look at the TV and it's Dan, a dude, and he's a Persian guy. And at that time I was like, what? We can't do this. It's not, I made all these excuses. Like I can't do stand-up. There's no way. And Dan did his premium blend. Premium blend. And I watched it and I go, wow. And the pure joy that he had. At, and you said, you said, thank you guys so much for letting me do this or something. Like it was like some, the, the pure happiness and joy that I saw in his face made me go, Oh my. And he was so good. And I was like, dude, we could, I could do this. Like he's one of the reasons I do stand up, And he's also one of the reasons that I couldn't watch comedy central for about three or four years. Cause I was like, fuck. Cause I was like, damn, I'm not doing it. There's other people doing it, you know? And like, and he really did give me the push. And I looked at him. I go, if you can do it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> no, but I really, I, I credit, I, credit that to him a lot like him and Maz and there's a couple other dudes that I would see you know and not oh, that I appreciate I, that, that but he was nice. so fucking funny and I was like oh my god so we can do it and you were one of the first guys that are Iranian you and Maz really yeah like they're who else who else can you well name? the funny thing oh, is, is that Jalili. I had the, a super similar experience with Maz Jobrani yeah where I watched him do stand-up and I was like oh my god it is possible yeah who did Maz see? who did Maz Maz didn't see anyone. He was like Iron Sheik. Yeah, he saw the Iron Sheik. <laughs> Probably. And, uh, but yeah. But anyway, I always I always say that, and, I, and I, it's so cool that you know we're friends and we hang out. And uh, well, I love that, and I love that you're, you've become one of my favorite comedians because if you sucked and you told everyone like Dan was my Dan inspiration, was the reason. Like, oh they go, stop God. fucking saying that, that guy. <laughs> you know that guy who does the white supremacist humor? He keeps saying it's because of Dan, a dude. That's so funny. <laughs> Anyways, Dan, I love you so I much. I love you man. too. Thank you, bro. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.